Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the last day of August 2023. We hardly knew you. We hardly knew you. It's the 31st. And happy birthday to my buddy Jeff, who doesn't listen to the podcast, but it's his birthday anyway. Uh, throw that out there. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Please continue to do that as we slog our way through 2023 and hopefully get to a... Uh, a prosperous and happy and healthy 2024. Although it'd be nice if we reached all of those things before 2024, maybe by the end of by the beginning of September at some point. But the rest of it, the electoral victories, those are just going to have to wait until 2024. I didn't make the calendar. Take it up with uh, with God or Gregory, was it Gregorian, whoever the hell it was. Anyway. Don't forget about the curse program, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. It'll be fresh and new this Saturday morning, ready to kick you off on uh, September with purpose, with a laugh, with some food for thought. So check that out. Si vous play. All right. The big news they're all talking about is the hurricane. Oh, my God. Hurricane, hurricane. It's raining. It's everything. It's here comes the hurricane, and then there goes the hurricane, and we're standing in floodwaters where the hurricane... It's called... Uh, it, it's hurricane season. And the left is desperate to try and make this into climate change. And, like, the storms haven't hit this area in a hundred years. Okay, well, so what? No storm hit the United States for, like, 15 years just a few years ago after Katrina. Why? Because... We were told nonstop why there's going to be nonstop big storms. That's it. We're all going to die. Forget it. Everybody needs to learn to adapt to have gills or something. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't seem right. And then, boom, there weren't, uh, you know, if we could sue Al Gore for the promises made and promises not kept, it would not be a good time to be Al Gore. He would lose his $150 million slice of the $300 million sale of current TV to Al Jazeera. We were promised all sorts of things that didn't come to be, yet continually these very same people who got it wrong every time, they're not the ones actually making the predictions. They just belch them out. They just regurgitate them. They don't seem to notice or remember or even, I get that they don't pay attention to the news, but they don't even seem to pay attention to themselves because these very same people are out there promising all these things and saying, well, this is because of climate change, forgetting that 15 years ago they said, this is because of climate change. Storms are getting worse. People are dying. No, there's, there's actually no unit of measure that shows that storms are getting worse. Or then they use the dollar. Da this is one of my favorite things. The damage, the amount of damage, the cost of the damage done has skyrocketed as extreme weather events get worse. I was watching the uh, White House press briefing while they're questioning the FEMA director for some weird reason some you know FEMA director in Washington DC not sure she's they just had a chance to talk to the governor of Florida and uh, CNN and MSNBC passed on carrying that lie but they carried the FEMA director and she's like giving advice and and one of the reporters it was a reporter at probably for NBC News was asking about this and other extreme weather events now it's it's not extreme it's called hurricane season, all right? 
the rainy season, if it rains, it isn't going, wow, it's wildly out of characteristic for this time of year. In winter, when it snows, it is not uncharacteristic that it snows. And it's always snowed a lot or a little in winters, depending on the winter. So no matter what you say, well, it's extreme. There's a there's very little snow, and that seems indicative of climate change. And then the next year, there's a lot of snows. Well, it's it's an extreme snowstorm indicative made worse by climate change. Everything is made worse by climate change. If a Cat 3 hurricane is considered extreme, then nothing is honestly extreme. We just have to be honest about it. There's nothing that's extreme if a Category 3 hurricane is considered extreme. A hurricane where hurricanes happen during hurricane season. What the hell is Adina or Adana? I don't even know what the hell the name is. They're, they're trying to get more super ethnic with it because too many storms named after white people. And like, uh, okay, whatever. But it's I. Starts with an I. That means A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. This is the ninth named storm this year. That would mean there's eight others thus far that weren't really hammering the Gulf Coast, that weren't hammering the United States, etc., etc. Did you hear about how extreme those were? No, you didn't. You didn't. It didn't matter. They just went off the radar because it's weird. If they're really concerned about extreme weather, then it wouldn't matter where that weather happens. But they really only talk about it in terms of the United States because they believe that we would only care if it happens in the United States and that we would only believe them if we can show them footage. And they always say, and this is what I'm getting back to what I was saying, they always say the damage caused by storms, by extreme weather, has increased dramatically. Well, you know what else has? Gasoline prices. You know what else has? Food prices. You know what else has? Uh, Cost of materials. Now, that's just recently thanks to Joe Biden. But if you go back in the last 20 years and they still say that, look, the cost of these storms has gone up. You know what else has gone up in the last 50, 60 years? The amount of construction, the amount of constructed structures in places where natural disasters occur. That's right. And it's not because we're running out of space. It's because people want to live in Florida. Democrats are fleeing the rest of the country and have been for a very long time. It just sped up. But people want to live on the ocean. You go back to the 50s and you look up anything contemporaneous about the 50s, movies made in the 50s, shot in Florida in the 50s. You'll see wide open spaces and nothing new. When my in-laws moved to Florida in the, the, in the hell was it, the, the 80s, the area they live was, yeah, people lived there, but not like it is now. You go down there and you tour and these areas along the Gulf Coast and along the Atlantic Coast are built up like you wouldn't believe now in a way that they were not 20, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. You forget how you go back any further, it's even less. And so guess what happens when you when a hurricane rolls through and there's no building there to destroy or there's one house there to destroy and they did $5,000 worth of damage to Earl's house. Oh my God. Okay. And then next time a hurricane rolls through there, there's luxury... Uh, condominiums and resorts and beach homes and everything. Guess what? It's going to be a hell of a lot more than $5,000. 
a hell, even if you adjust for inflation to what Earl was up for, uh, it's going to be a hell of a lot more because there's a lot more to damage. It is not indicative of stronger storms. The units of measure for storms has not changed. Category one, the, the wind speed, all the way through category five. And the wind speed, the storms have not increased in power. The stuff that they can damage has increased in quantity. That's the difference. It's a big difference, but that's the difference. So spare me this crap about oh, extreme weather, extreme weather, and then they lie to you about every unit of measure. What is it I say about the units of measure? If you control the unit of measure, you control everything. And that's what's going on here. Feel bad for people without power. Feel bad for people whose homes were damaged or whatever and all this, that, and the other thing. I get it. But don't let your emotions open you up to lies and BS. It's just what they, it's what they are. It's what they do. It's how the left operates. So keep that in mind, if you will, as you continue, because it's kind of a slow news time. So you get nonstop storm team coverage and storm this and storm, oh, extreme weather. And they've all got their graphics guys going, can you add some lightning sounds to it and everything? And yes, they've got their reporters down there standing in ankle deep water as if it's the apocalypse. And you just go, okay, enough, enough already. Knock it off, but they can't. It's broke back journalism, man. They can't quit you except they don't wish they could. Okay, I want to shift gears to our decrepit president because there was something I missed yesterday that I want to get to today, and it's, it's beautiful audio. It is wonderful, glorious audio. It is of the historic genius, Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre, she was on with Jake Tapper. Why? Who knows? They thought it would be a safe interview, but nothing is a safe interview with a stupid person. Just know that. Nothing is safe with a stupid person because they're going to say something stupid. Jake Tapper was asking about the poll I talked about the other day where the first thing that comes to mind for the American people when they hear about or think about or talk about Joe Biden is, damn, that dude is old. That guy is losing it. That guy is not all there because he's 80 and he's lost it and he's not all there and dude's got problem. But... Listen to this exchange here on CNN. The lines of, you know, um, degrading before our eyes and that ultimately Vice President Kamala Harris will be president in a second term. Look, I, again, I'm not going to respond directly to, uh, to uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, not going to do that. Can't do that. Hatch Act. Got to be really mindful and careful here. What I can speak to is look at his record. Look what he has been able to do. We literally just talked about these 10 drugs and, and Medicare being able to uh, negotiate with pharmaceutical companies, which is something that no other, no other politician has been able to do. 33 years that they've been trying to do it. This president made it, made it, get, it, made it happen. This is a president, again, we, and you asked me about Ukraine, right? You asked me about the supplemental funding. He, did, he has done something internationally, right, around the world, which is bring our allies and our partners together, especially what we saw after the last administration. This is a president that knows how to get the work done, who is focused on the American people. That's what I will speak to. I'll speak to his record, and his record stands alone, and it is uh, something that Americans should be proud of, something that we all are proud of, on all of the historic amount of le pieces of legislation. Right, but I'm He's talking about his done. age and his stamina and his ability to do the job, and you're talking about 
the record. And I understand why you'd rather talk about the record, but I'm talking about what Americans see when they turn on the TV and they see, you know, Joe Biden's been in politics since before, literally since before you were born. And like he's. He's right. well, well, let's talk. aged. No, well, let's talk about this. as we all do. Let's talk about this. And you all talked about this back when we were uh, when we were when we were uh, marking the one year uh, anniversary, right, the, uh, of of the war in Ukraine, the unprovoked war by Russia. Mm. What did the president do? He went to Kiev, and he was there with the with the alarms blaring in the back. And people were so impressed that he was able to be there and look strong and represent uh, represent the Amer- the American people in Kiev uh, in a war zone country, and that's what you saw. I'm not right? saying he's not able to walk. No, but I'm no, but saying... you're saying you're talking about his strength, right? You're talking about how he's looking right now. He's that is, but, yeah, I think like the average but, American male but, only but, lives to be but, 77 thing, or something. But here's the thing, Jake. People saw him and were impressed that he was able to do that, that he was able to be there and okay. present the American people. Look, the president says this all the time. Watch him, right? Watch him. And he, uh, he I've, I've They are watching him. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 That's no. the 77% who are concerned. No, no, no. But I've, I've had conversations with some of your colleagues in the White House press corps when we travel abroad, how it is hard for us to keep up with this president uh, who is constantly, constantly working every day to get things done and making sure that we are delivering for the American people. And that's what, and I think that's what matters. I get it. I get what you're asking me, but the record matters too, Jake. What he's been able to do, no other president has been able to do if you look at his legislation. Yeah, you know, we, we have a hard time keeping up. Well, you need to go see a medical professional if you're having difficulty keeping up with a shuffling 80-year-old. You know what? We have a hard time keeping up with him is what the nurses say at the nursing home when there's somebody who constantly escapes and has to be chased down the block. A hard time keeping up with him. Every time you turn your back, Earl's out the door. Don't mean to pick on people named Earl today, but, I mean, I'm just saying. It is... Amazing. This, it, it was just a basic question. It wasn't even a hostily framed question. It was a basic question. And Karine Jean-Pierre could not answer it, could not address it properly, could not deal with it in any way, shape, or form. It was uh, something to behold. And Jake's like, yeah, we are watching him. He is. I understand why the accomplishments, they act like the president of the United States is some sort of super legislator or was involved in the legislative process. The, the bills that he's talk, she's talking about, the laws, were drafted in the Congress by members of Congress, by Democrats mostly. He didn't have anything to do. He would sign a dinner menu if you put it in front of him. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing half the time. And he's out there, they're out there going, well, you know, he's, he's managed to, he was able to go to uh, Kiev. You mean Kiev? He was able to go to Kiev with the alarm sounding in the background. Well, as we reported at the time on this program and elsewhere, those alarms puzzled everybody. They were air raid sirens. And he just, Joe just kept shuffling with uh, Zelensky. And you thought, that seems weird. If there is an air raid or a reason to believe that missiles are headed towards the location of the President of the United States, one would think the American military would be aware of that because when the President goes to a war zone, there are special precautions. The military is on heightened alert to make sure that there aren't enemy forces coming there at that time, right? So they get the president the hell out of there. So if there were rockets or missiles or anything coming toward them, you'd think they would have 
gotten the president of the United States out of there. But they didn't get the president of the United States out of there. Nobody even made a move toward the president of the United States in the Secret Service. Nobody's Secret Service did anything, which was a clear indication of the fact that this was for show. This was for show. It was reported at the time, oh, air raid sirens. But then some reporters did say, but we didn't see anything. It was a clear day and nobody saw nothing. But now Corinne Jean-Pierre, this is so historic, she's bringing it up as though, it's like, well, you know, he, people were amazed that he was able to go there and walk while a siren was going off in the background. Yeah, you prepare somebody for something because go back and find the footage. Find the footage of Joe Biden walking in Kiev. What you will see is literally no one reacting to the siren. No one. If this is an active war zone where everybody's scared and everybody has a reason to be concerned and you don't know what's coming next and look out, Russia's evil, then there would be at least a, what, what is that? What's going on? Some people kind of looking up going, are we going to see anything? Are we going to hear anything? Do we do, what do we do? There is none of it. It's just Joe Biden doing the old man shuffle through the square of wherever the hell he was with Zelensky. Big, big, big difference. And they're trying to claim that this is some kind of accomplishment. It's really pathetic, to be honest with you. It's really damn pathetic. Speaking of damn pathetic, uh, I always give credit where credit is due. And let's be honest, the dumbest person in cable news, especially now that, that Don Lemon is off cable news, at least for now, is the one and only Stephanie Rule. I would have argued that she was the dumbest person in cable news even while Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo were on CNN. But misogyny kept her from receiving the crown. I, I, believe, I firmly believe that she was a victim of misogyny. Well, Stephanie Rule is back in the news today. Why? Because she is. Because she's stupid. And because she has, uh, well... I would say she has some explaining to do, but her husband doesn't, this has been around for a very long time, her husband doesn't seem to mind that she doesn't owe us an explanation, although she does owe shareholders of Under Armour an explanation, which will be uh, interesting. The New York Post reports, cable TV anchor Stephanie Rule received a private phone and email account from Under Armour boss Kevin Plank through which they communicated at all hours, according to newly unsealed court documents. Now, imagine if your husband or wife had gotten been given a phone by somebody expressly for the purpose to be able to communicate with them, and then they did regularly at all hours, not meaning like anywhere from 9 to 5, all hours of the night. You know, girl talk, gushy talk. The MSNBC host was also sent a secret recording of a conversation that Plank had with another Under Armour executive about the company's finances, according to court papers cited by the Wall Street Journal. In 2019, the journal was the first to report details of the unusually close relationship between Rule, 
who was then a financial news anchor with Bloomberg Television, and Plank, the 51-year-old billionaire who made his fortune after founding the Baltimore-based sports apparel giant. The latest details about the nature of the relationship between Plank and Rule emerged in unsealed court documents linked to a lawsuit filed by Under Armour shareholders against Bloomberg, where Rule worked from 2011 to 2016 before moving to Comcast-owned MS. NBC. Now, this would be, if you're a financial journalist and you are receiving confidential information from the CEO, confidential financial information from the CEO of any publicly traded company, one would have to wonder whether or not you used that information, right? Don't you? I I think we need to know whether or not Stephanie Rule ever traded in Under Armour or she gave advice to anybody or let slip this from Under Armour. But I'd also want to know why in the hell it is in a world where standards are being decimated constantly that this is not a fireable offense. I get it, the standards have been decimated, but this, sure, if if there's even the pretense of ethics left at NBC News. Stephanie Rule has to be fired, right? Stephanie Rule has to be fired, but she's not. She won't be. She's on at 11 o'clock. She's successful by MSNBC standards, and she's popular by MSNBC standards, and she's willing to toe the liberal line. As long as you are willing to toe the liberal line, there's really nothing that can derail you. There is no standard. There are no standards at all to be held to if you toe the liberal line. So during a deposition earlier this year, Plank, who stepped down as Under Armour CEO in 2019, though he remains the company's executive chairman, was asked to describe the nature of his relationship with Rule. Quote, she's a confidant, he said. I would give her counsel on her career and she would give me counsel on things I was dealing with that were either banking or media or human nature in relation. <laughs> you imagine that? Again, where is her husband? In her deposition, Rule acknowledged receiving a phone from Plank that was separate from her personal device, as well as her work phone, according to the journal. Why? How many people do you know carry around three phones, let alone two phones? And Stephanie Rule's rocking three phones. I wonder if she kept that from her husband. I wonder, and why would she have? Because that would seem um, weird, right? She also said in her deposition that she took numerous trips with Plank on a private jet. Quote, we were friends and I covered his company. Rule said in the deposition, Hello again over at MSNBC, at NBC News. Are there any standards whatsoever? We were friends and I covered him? So we took trips on his private jet together? Who else went? Was anybody else there? Steph? When asked if she was flying with Plank in her capacity as a friend or as a journalist, Rule said in the deposition, quote, I was flying on his plane as myself, Stephanie Rule. I'm not really in a category one. I'm not really in a category one or the other. <clears throat> yeah. Were you uh, ever naked with Kevin Plank? You can't ask that question. My God, she's so empowered. Rule, who worked as an executive at Deutsche Bank, or I'm sorry, Deutsche Bank, 
before transitioning to a career in journalism in 2011, was known to take trips with Planck on a private jet and even gave him public relations advice. I wonder if she gave him private relations advice. While she was an anchor at Bloomberg, according to the shareholders' lawsuit against the company. The close ties between the two, both of whom are married, sparked speculation among Under Armour executives that they were having an affair. But a company spokesman denied this, saying they were friends. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They're just friends. The benefits that they enjoy as friends are uh, more professional. Imagine, would you let your wife or your husband have a cozy relationship with somebody like this? I think the answer you're looking for is hell no. But then again, you probably have standards, which would make you a horrible, god-awful, terrible MSNBC host or journalist, quite frankly. Okay, I have to stop right there because I have to go and uh, take care of something that is, uh, well, it needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. So I have to go and take care of that downstairs. I appreciate you listening. Download and share. Tell a friend tomorrow's Friday. We'll be back with normal programming. Then uh, I think we packed a lot into today's program, though, as it were. Have a great one. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.